Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I watched Season 3, Episode 1, The Heart of the Truest Believer. As always, we'll start off with a synopsis. We get a cold open this season. Emma gives birth to Henry as the lights flicker, and she chooses to give him up. In the Enchanted Forest, Aurora, Philip, and Mulan help Neil search for the Dark Castle. With a little help from Robin Hood, Neil discovers that Emma is in Neverland and he wants to get back to her. In Neverland, the Lost Boys quickly dispose of Greg and Tamara. Henry runs away with the help of another Lost Boy who is trying to escape. Henry's, Henry's belief fuels the pixie dust that allows them to fly to safety, only to discover that the boy is actually Pan. And he wants Henry, who has the heart of the truest believer. Meanwhile, our ragtag group of heroes are on a quest to save Henry. Rumpel strikes off on his own, and we discover that he has a history with Pan. Hook, Snow, Charming, Regina, and Emma must overcome their history together to work together and find Henry. Roger, what do you think of this episode? Top ten episode. Wow! This episode was like an apology for season two. <laughs> it was like, hey... We acknowledge we went in a bad direction last season. We're going to undo that immediately. We're killing Greg and Tamara first five minutes. Of the, like, worthless, stupid idiots. They're, like, the characterizations of those two wasn't even consistent with who they no, were. At the, the, it was basically like, our bad. We fucked up. Let's be done with it. Rumple gets an excellent kill early. Greg gets his shadow ripped out. Like, I mean, it's just like, okay, we're done with that. And they kind of just go back to the formula that was interesting with them. Like, there's no flashbacks in this, which I like. It's not a flashback episode. It's not a storybook episode. It's the first time we're going to go storybook. Despite having three... I'm not even counting the cold open because I didn't really care about that. We have three different places that we're at. And they actually do a good job of telling a story and all. Which is what they struggle with, typically. Yeah, I also like this episode. I don't know about top ten episodes. But I did really like it. Uh, there's a lot of really great lines in this season. Some Excellent of them are in lines. this episode. Some of them funny, and some of them like really poignant. And like what the show is about. Like we get that conversation between Hook and Regina, and like mm. can villains get their happy ending? Uh, we get that uh, speech from Rumpel where he talks about like what a true leap of faith is, which I think is something that Emma especially struggles with for much of the story. Um, this episode is really exciting. I like definitely wanted more. I'm a, I I'm always a fan of like weird pairings, and I think this like ragtag group of heroes is like the weirdest pairing that they could have done. <laughs> and I'm excited to see how they uh, how they do this. Let, let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Um, first off, I will be referring to this group as Regina and the Idiots. Okay. Um, referencing the conversation back in the hospital when she said, you know, Henry yeah. and the Idiots. Um, there are some good choices with this pairing. There are some, okay, I could see it, and then there's just 100% a wrong choice. Rumblestiltskin is bloodlusted because he believes his son was murdered. Dark One is in, no question about it. Regina, the evil queen, believes knows her son was kidnapped. 100% in. Hook, we need someone to, uh, you know, pilot us through the storm. Great, you're in. Charming? I'm half and half on him. I think... Charming the Avenger, you kind of want to have him on like any adventure you go on that totally makes sense. I get it. Emma, savior, can do light magic. Great. That party right there, I'm fine with. Charming, give or take, I'd have left him in Storybrooke. There's not a fucking chance in hell I'm bringing Snow White. She is by far illogical to be bringing here right now. She doesn't even make sense. It's not their son. Like, stay your ass back in Storybrooke and stop ruining everything on the damn ship. 
She should not be going on right now. Interesting. I completely disagree. She I mean, can't pull the trigger. She literally agonized over killing a heartless monster last season, and now you want her to face a bunch of orphaned boys? Well, it's her grandson. That I is... don't give a shit if it's her direct son. She cannot kill... What do you th What's she going to do when a bunch of lost boys show up? I'm a little worried about who they left in charge in Storybrooke, so, like, that's... that's also that's a valid concerned. point. I mean, like, Belle is there, but, like, she can do some research and help some people. But she doesn't have any magical abilities, and she has no experience leading. Leading. I mean, I guess technically she was supposed to lead her kingdom, but whatever. And Blue is there, so oh great. But like, <laughs> honestly, uh, for for what they were talking about in season two about like trying to find a home, them staying behind and basically leading in Storybook would have been interesting. Well, Roger, I think you should thank your lucky stars that Snow is here, because if she wasn't, we would be having like eight different flashback storyline sequences in every episode to make sure that we got all of our main characters. Well, no, because <laughs> like they have done in the past, you have one part of the story set in Neverland and one part of the story set in Storybrook, so we kind of just go back and forth, which would be interesting. You don't need all of the characters in the same one. Like, f cool, do the cold open when we show them real quick, and then an episode's in Neverland, and an episode's in Storybrook, and you have two storylines going on. I, okay, I think... I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but I also... It, there's no way that Snow would have let Emma and Charming go without her. She fucking jumped through a portal to follow her daughter. And if that's the case, then Charming needs to stay behind. I'm totally fine with that. And I, I, I think, I feel like you're kind of missing the point of the, like, they all need to use their skills to work together. Snow's to skill right now is being an annoying nag. Wow. Um, she's also the best tracker they have. I don't know if I agree with that. I think Emma is just as good at tracking no, people down as Snow White is. She, Emma's just as good as finding people using technology and information. Oh, sure. But Snow can, like, literally track people on, like, footprints. Oh, yeah, in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, I agree with you. She could do that here. We don't know that. <laughs> she might be able to, but as they say, I think Regina specifically uses the line, this isn't the Enchanted Forest. This is a different world. This is a weird, like, imagination world, so the rules may be very different. Sure, but a footprint is a footprint. Not necessarily. <laughs> that is not consistent. Um, you cut me off before I finished all the things that I like about this episode. Uh, Pan, great villain. Excited about Pan. Can't wait to talk more about Pan. All the things about Pan. Um, and I really like the cold open. It actually ties into what happens in the mid-season finale. So I think that was a nice... Um, I mean, if, if that's true, just do it in the mid-season finale. I think the cold open here is relatively pointless right now. I think it, like, helps tie the story together. I disagree with that. I don't think it just added anything. Well, you don't remember what happens. I know, <laughs> I'm saying, but for this episode, that cold open added nothing. Well, it wasn't just for the episode, it's for the season. I know, but I'm saying just show me that when we get to the mid-season finale. Like, just do that cold open then. It's like kind of like... it wouldn't be as powerful because it wouldn't tie the story together. I don't agree with that. Like, with um, the whole Neil thing from season two but where we got the postcard. they didn't tie the thing together. Yeah, they did. Manhattan tied that together. It just... We just got it and then they just did nothing with it. It also and then... wasn't the end of the season. I mean, season two couldn't decide if it was a... I, Manhattan might have been the mid-season finale-ish. <laughs> but, I mean, you could do it later and still be a callback to everything that's happening. Like, it, it didn't actually need to be here right now. And also, they had enough shit that they were already doing. Where do you want to start? Um, maybe with... How about the Enchanted Forest? Is Neil sleeping on the same thing that we found Aurora in in season two? No, he's on the ground. No, he's definitely not on the ground. 
He's not? No. I thought they found him on the beach, on the ground. No, no, I'm saying when 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 we see him in season three, he's on a thing. Oh, maybe they... Okay, because they found him at the end of last season, and maybe he was on the beach then. He was on the beach then, yeah. maybe they carried him to the thing. Because when he wakes up, he's, like, looking up, and there's, like, it's almost like a pillow is behind him, and then he's talking to Philip. What do you think that they they do here? Because, like, Cora killed all of those people in the camp. So is it just, like, the three of them, like, in the Enchanted Forest, just, like, wandering around? They said that there was something that they were going to do. Like, the last time that we saw them. Well, they they had to get Philip back. Oh, that's right. Which... Philip's back. I think they, like, explain it at some point. They, like, found a way to break the curse or something. At the end of the last season, Aurora learns that, like, there's a way to get souls back from the Wraith. But at the end like, of the mid-season. Yeah, but then we don't get to see it. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So, they just let's just say they figured it out. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming they are doing what Snow was talking about doing, which is rebuilding the kingdom. <laughs> For all of the people that live here. <laughs> well, I don't know that Snow killed everyone. She didn't, but she killed a lot I mean, of people. <laughs> Cora did. But that was just in that camp, though. Yeah, I think that's where most of the people live. I mean, obviously Robin Hood is living. Yeah. And we must assume his merry men are also living. Um, but I don't I don't think there's a lot of people here. <laughs> I don't know. Because as Regina said, I brought everyone who I wanted. Doesn't mean she brought everyone from the Enchanted Forest. Like, she was, even though we've, like, it's weird to me that she says that, but she brought a bunch of random town people she wouldn't care about. We know she didn't bring everyone. I mean, I think she probably realized that she needed people to do menial jobs. <laughs> she needed background characters. Yeah. Like, somebody's got to own the grocery store. Like, somebody has to be the garbage collector. <laughs> I feel like that's not something she would realize. I feel like that's something Rumple would realize and put that detail in. Like, yeah, we got to bring more people than this the people you want to torment because we need other jobs. Okay. Um, I fucking love Neil. Neil should talk all the time. Neil has great lines in this episode. Excellent delivery. I think one of my favorite lines is when he says, um, they ask how he knows Emma, and he goes, she's my... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Because he's about to say girlfriend, and then he's like, nope, that's not true. And I think he was thinking about, like, baby mama. Baby mama. <laughs> but that's not going to mean anything to them. Though they quickly deduce that he is Henry's father. Yeah. I'm I not mean, really sure why they're able to do that. He shows a lot that. of concern for Henry. Like a normal human being would? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. There was a boy who was kidnapped. Oh my God, you're so concerned. You must be his father. Or I'm not a monster. Like, he doesn't know that Henry's been kidnapped. He doesn't? No. Oh, that's right, because he fell through the portal before. <laughs> yeah. oh, as far, actually, poor Neil, because as far as Neil knows, yeah. Tamara is still like terrorizing everyone. Like She shot him yeah. and then was fighting with Emma, maybe? Or she ran away? She I ran away, know. yeah, because remember, he, she, like, they had that whole like, yeah. hand-holding. Okay. Also, um, he talks about how he thought about where he wanted to go, so the portal sent him there. Bruh, couldn't you have just picked a better place to land? <laughs> like, yeah. okay, if it, if portals work, but you just think about it, I want to go right back to Storybrook where I'm at. Well, I think that, um, I mean, he thought he was dying. Sure. So I think it, it was less like he was directly thinking about I just where go he home. wanted the portal to take him, and he was just like... You know, his life was flashing before his eyes and yeah. he was thinking about his childhood. Which I would have assumed he would have landed at his childhood home. 
He maybe did, because he landed on a beach. I don't really know yeah. where they're... Like, he maybe landed very near where their sure. home was. I also really like when they add, they notice he's injured, and they're like, was it an arrow? And he says, a forty-five caliber arrow. <laughs> so do they not know what guns are? No. Because gun... I mean, Hook knows what a gun is. Yeah. He does. <laughs> I know. I mean, they're in this, like, same time period together, so they should at least know what, like, cannons are, which means a gun is basically a small cannon. Yep. Okay. Well, they, they should know what guns are. Like, at least rifles. Yeah. I mean, maybe in Mulan's world, they would never use a gun, because maybe they just all fight with hand-to-hand weapons. There are cannons in Mulan's time. Okay, there's no longer no makes sense. There are no guns in Aurora and Phillips' time, but they live a day's ride away from... <laughs> from all these guns that get used. <laughs> so, I don't know what to say about that. Um, Aurora's still wearing that motherfucking dress. It's the same goddamn dress. They just changed her hair. I mean, Hook's still wearing his Hook clothing. He's never once changed. Yeah. I mean, other than his stupid shoes, his clothing is, like, much more practical. For what? For whatever. Pirating. <laughs> he hasn't been pirating in, like, a season. I also got really annoyed with Aurora. She, like, decides she's going to help by going into the red room to find them. And she, like, takes a little nap and she wakes up and she's like, all is lost. Everything is desperate. It's terrible. It's so bad. No one was there. I couldn't find anyone. And then she just, like, completely gives up. Like, yeah, what are the odds that they were sleeping at the same time as you in this two-hour period? So you mentioned this before. In her defense, every time they've done this in the past, the other person was there. It's true. Although, every time they've done it in the past, except the first time yeah. when she encountered Henry, they intentionally were, like, going back in more frequently to find each other or, like, arrange to do it. Because, mm, like... Time. Charming deduces that, like, Snow will be there. They have no communication. He just guesses, and he gets in. Well, and... he knew that... Yeah, I guess that's true. Because remember, we even said but that, they like... they were, like, also specifically trying to speak to each other. Like, I mean, he didn't know that Snow was going to do it, but, like, they were all trying to communicate. It, it was before. a shot in the dark. Yeah. I mean, and that's what she took, is a shot in the dark. And it's also weird that, like, for the first time, I was just in there alone. That is kind of unusual. Like, something must be wrong. I mean, I get what you're saying, that, like, yeah, obviously he's not going to necessarily be asleep at you at the same time. But every other time. Well, it's worked. not even just. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point that it's not just Henry because also Snow. Yeah. Um, like anyone who's been a sleeping mm-hmm. curse, Charming could be asleep at this point and it'd be fine. Yeah. Although Snow makes it sound like in previous seasons that she's like overcome this. Like she doesn't have to go there when she sleeps. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Charming should be. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know how he would have overcome that. He is an Avenger after all, but. I get it. I don't know that your Avenger skills help block the mind. Maybe he's also Batman. I wonder if in Neverland you don't dream. It's possible they don't sleep there. Yeah. Because little boys do hate I mean, going to sleep. they sleep in the story, but... Yeah. Uh, Mulan and Neil have a couple funny and, like, deep? interesting deep conversations. Uh, I love when he describes to them that... They are fairy tale. Like in in the real world, they like think that they're fairy tale characters in a story. And she's like, "I'm in a story." And he says, "Yeah, they made a movie about you. It's actually pretty good." <laughs> so what he says to that is interesting. He talks about like a legend. So in their land, they also have legends. Yes, they do. Which makes sense that like in essentially Storybrooke, they're the legends that are told as opposed to. So it's not like it's just like a fictional thing. It's like oh, it's just like. We're just legends, just like how we have legends in our land. So that actually does make a lot more sense as opposed to just thinking they're all mythical creatures. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I love the movie. I know. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> well, and then and then he falls. She she says she has a question to ask him, and he says, "Yeah, I don't know how to explain what a movie is." Perfect comedic timing. <laughs> He's like, "I just can't explain what a movie is to you." And honestly, how would you explain? That? I don't know. Like, there's no electricity. Uh, like, they don't have photographs. I, I guess, like, the best that you could say is like a moving drawing. They have paintings because the Dark Wind's Castle has paintings. Sure. Essentially a painting that moves is the closest. Or like a series of paintings mm-hmm. that you put together so fast that they look like they're moving. Yep. Which is like. Except it's not it. Oh, I guess it is. It is animated. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, just, it sounds <laughs> ridiculous if you grew up in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. And then they have a very deep conversation about love. Uh, yeah. He, I, I thought it was, uh. Your belief in love wasn't strong enough to overcome your fear of rejection. She says that to him when he talks about why he didn't go after Emma when the curse broke. There are two points that I came away from that. A, I did always wonder once she got the um, the postcard, why didn't he go back? He's scared, I guess. Is he scared? Was he scared of Emma? Or was he scared of Rumpel? I mean, he tells Mulan that he was scared that Emma wouldn't accept him. But he told Emma that he was scared of Rumpel. Yeah. So it could be a little bit of both. I'm not really clear on this one. Also, Aurora says that and she is not, or not Aurora, Mulan says that and she's not talking about Neil at that right, point. Right, of course. She's clearly talking about it. She's doing the thing they do in house very often where like the person hears the issue and then they just like project their own insecurities on it and then it's like... Mm-hmm. I oh. think that happens. I'm sure it does. All the time, everybody. But since Jennifer Morrison was in house, I'm just going to use house as the reference for this. Um, and then we meet Robin Hood, not the same Robin Hood that we had previously met. They just recast the actor. Um, he doesn't even look at all like Lucifer. <laughs> much more attractive. Very into it. Jen would very much disagree with you on that one. Mm. Interesting. This Robin Hood is your type, He's huh? older. Ah, never mind. <laughs> I see. Because um, his hair isn't dark anymore. Like, the other one had, like, dark black hair, if I recall. Yeah, it was pretty dark. Yeah. Um, He's also claiming the castle is his. <laughs> Sort of. I mean, he's he's uh, using squatters' rights, but he what? Squatters' rights don't exist in the Enchanted <laughs> Forest. That's a thing. That's a modern day concept. Well, you uh, you possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and, and I had this question for you. I don't know the story of Robin Hood, but isn't he nobility? Yeah, but like they like strip him of his title or something because he steals shit. I think. But he understands the concept of, like... Yeah, but there's also no one here. That's fair. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you live in a castle if no one no one is living there? Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting when Neil says, like, oh, this is my father's castle. Like, I don't, you can have it, but I, like, need to look for something. And Robin Hood, like, instantly believes him. And Neil's like, you just believe me? And he's like, who would claim to be the son of the Dark One? <laughs> well, first off, he says, you don't want to, like, see ID, which is a great line. Yeah. Because I'm thinking in my mind, imagine like a driver's license and it's just son of Rumpelstiltskin. Um, <laughs> this has been stamped and approved by the Dark One. Uh, second, yeah, he's right. No one would claim to be the son of the Dark One. Also, if you look at the Dark Castle, so the last time I think we saw it, it was under Rumpel's control. It's back in the day. It was, you know, grand and nice looking. And now it's been looted and robbed. First off, who were the looters and robbers that said, hey, Let's go break into the Dark One's castle. Whether you think he's there or not, if you were wrong, Robin Hood can tell you what happens to people who steal from the Dark One. Well, honestly, 
probably what happened is people went to the Dark One's castle because they were like, what the fuck? Like, everyone disappeared. We need help. Who can we ask for help? Rumpelstiltskin. They show up, they bang on the door for two days, no one answers, and then they're like, maybe we go inside? That's still a ballsy move. Because, <laughs> again, if he doesn't want to be disturbing, you disturbed him. Yeah, it's true. It's going to cost you. I mean, he literally tortured Robin Hood for stealing a wand. What do you think he would do to looters? That's true. Uh, although, I think they characterize Robin Hood very well with his, like... Uh, I don't know, Robin Hood is often characterized as being a very honorable man uh, in, like, land. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, Rumpelstiltskin spared my life. I owe him a debt. Yep. Which I thought was... I mean, that's not untrue. He did torture him, but he also didn't kill him. Yeah, when he had the arrow pointed at him. and uh-huh. he, I didn't know he knew about that, though. That's what I I'm curious about. I also didn't know he knew about that. But, I mean, I guess the he does shoot the arrow... So he does. Well, I, and Robin he would have known the bow. That, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, I also like that it's one of those things where, like, once he realizes that Neil is the son of the Dark One, he immediately drops his protest. Like, he goes from, like, who are you? And then once he tells him, he's like, oh, yeah, do what you need. Like, this is yours. Yeah, it's this fine. is your stuff. Yeah, no, that's a, I think it's a good story. I also like Neil's look when he's walking back in it. Because I didn't know he spent time in the castle. I don't think he did. But the way he... It looked familiar to him, which is strange. Yeah, I have that same question because he says something about... Like, he, yeah, he seems familiar with the Dark yeah. Castle. I don't think he ever lived there. Um, he does find the walking stick, which is something he would be familiar with. Sure. That was really sweet when he talked about how his father marked oh, his yeah. height on the stick. He even talks about how, like, he may not have seen it, but family was important to do old dad. Which I guess was where Robin would have realized that's probably why he spared his life. Yeah. Um, I also love the flare that he when he spins I know, it that around. Very unnecessary. Uh, I don't think it wasn't. I think that's how you had to do it. But how did he know that? Maybe his father showed him. Maybe I, I mean maybe it was a thing that like him and his dad would play a game where they would spin it yeah, around. Yeah, that's so true. So he probably deduced that like if my dad was going to enchant a stick, he's going to do the thing that I used to do all the time. Yeah. So he probably just went back to it, and then like a floating door opened. I don't think it was floating. It was just, like, part of the wall. But it wasn't on the ground. It was, like, a cabinet. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> but he uses magic. That's the kind of the important piece. Yeah. I mean, the... He is... I mean, I don't yeah, I don't know, because their bloodline isn't magical by default. Rumpel a, a lot of people use magic. I mean, not a lot. But people have been... You have, We have seen and will see people use magic that don't necessarily have magical abilities. Like, Belle occasionally uses magic. Um, like, she'll perform a spell based on, like, a scroll. Kind of, mm-hmm. like, actually, very D&D style. When you're playing D&D, there are magic users, like wizards. Sure. But you can also, like, receive a scroll, which is, like, a spell that a wizard might know. But if you just, like, read the scroll, the spell will occur. And it doesn't really mean that you're using magic. Like, the scroll is magical. And, like, you read it, so the magic yeah. occurs. But people can be taught magic. So, like, yeah. Regina wasn't born magical. She just learned how to use magic. Yeah, I mean... I think there's only one character we see as having been born with magic. Nick Cor was taught magic. Yeah. Rumple gained magic. So it's like, it seems like magic is a thing that people just yeah. learn how to utilize. It's I not think like innate. Some people are better at it than others, probably yeah. based on like other skills and talents. Is Emma the have. only one that's born magical? No. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> Emma's born it's magical. We haven't met yet. Sure. But I mean, she was born with magic, she wasn't taught it. Yeah, but she does have to be taught it to use it well. Yes, but I mean, like, when she steps in front of Korra and yeah, takes the sacrifice, she didn't... She didn't do anything. That's just an innate part of who she is. It's with Regina's line. It's like, of course, you were yeah. just given it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. 
how how that works. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Sometimes you're born with a gift. Sometimes you have to work for it. Yeah. Anything else in the Enchanted Forest? The crystal ball. So again, he uses a second magical item, and this time Mulan like says like think about her. Uh-huh. So again, it's very similar to the way that like Rumpel and Cora use their rage. Neil has to use like his love of Emma, or, I guess mm-hmm. is what they're going for, and then he's able to deduce. And he apparently has spent time in Neverland because he recognizes the background quickly. <laughs> he totally does. Yeah, he's like, oh shit. I mean, he didn't say that. It was but... just like trees. <laughs> yep. I mean, if the place is as horrifying as we are led to believe. You would know exactly what that is because you probably, part of the nightmare she was running from probably was Neverland. Yeah. Anything else? No. Probably the only time I've enjoyed seeing the Enchanted Forest since season one. Like current current day Enchanted Forest. Oh, we got a few. You liked the, the um, episode where Regina pretends to be the peasant. That was a flashback. Oh, oh, flashback. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, the bell flashback was good. But, like, the modern-day Enchanted Forest yeah. was just like, this That's is garbage. Uh, okay, shall we talk about Henry in Neverland? I have the least amount of notes for this, I think. Okay, let's go. So we're going to end with the Jolly Roger. I had that as the separate location. Oh, interesting. Okay. I put the, the journey as a separate location. I have Neverland, everybody else. Neverland Henry. Oh, I put Henry as just part of Neverland. That's okay, fine. Let's go there. Um, okay, so we start with Tamara and Greg. Loved your loved your uh, your point at the beginning. They just were like, "Fuck these people. <laughs> we're just gonna kill them immediately." I mean, Greg didn't get killed off screen, but it almost felt like he did. <laughs> it was almost worse because. In the season two, they were like these scheming villains. They torture Regina. They had this good plan. And then in season three, they have a walkie-talkie that they weren't even smart enough to check if the batteries were in there. I mean, clearly these people are gullible because they keep talking about the home office. (laughs) Well, and like they obviously communicated with the home office at some point. Because remember, they tell them what the jewel is. How did they get these instructions? Or did like, did it... My always wondered was that were there actual batteries in there, and then when they got to Neverland, Pan just turned them to dust. Like he just changed what the reality was for them because he was yeah, done maybe. with them. That could be. Yeah, so because like he has a look on his face. A walkie. I mean, I know it's magic, but like, how, how a wa- would a walkie-talkie work across realms? Listen, <laughs> the Dark One may not be able to travel across realms, but a walkie-talkie signal, on the other hand, can get wherever it needs to. It's like the next ones. Can you hear me now? I mean. Pan has, we know that Pan has minions, like mm-hmm. Dragon Tamara, mm-hmm. in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, and Pan's shadow can travel between worlds. Okay. So I imagine the shadow probably didn't give instructions to Dragon Tamara, because I feel like they would think that that was weird, but the shadow may have given the instructions to some of his other minions who then brought instructions. They're playing a big, long game of telephone <laughs> yes, here. Yes, they are. However it was done, it went from Neverland something Greg and Tamara. I also really like how they've taken, so like in the story, Peter Pan, the shadow is kind of this like funny thing. Like Peter Pan has lost his shadow and he's like trying to find it and like reattach it to his foot. And at one point, Wendy tries to like sew it to his foot. It's like kind of cute. Huh. Um, and here the, the shadow is fucking terrifying. I love it. It's so sinister. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like when you talk about how do you um, make someone uh, menacing, the shadow rips that shit out of Greg quickly. And you're like, 
Oh and my. He just dies. Dead. Dead. Like just dead. And you're like, damn. This is great. I, I didn't know I didn't know that story about the initial, but I was like, well, this thing is horrifying. I actually take back the sewing. It's even funnier than that. Peter Pan tries to reattach it by rubbing soap on his foot. Because that would work. <laughs> even if it wasn't like a weird shadow. <laughs> Very strange. Huh. Um, I also really, really like that conversation between Greg, Tamara, and Henry. Because Henry is being, like, a completely logical, like, adult person. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, We don't ask questions. <laughs> we just have faith in our cause. And then Henry says, it's a good thing you guys don't ask any questions. The snark there, very Rumpelstiltskin-like. Like, just the yeah. way that he's like, you idiot. He honestly is calling them idiots to their face. Yeah. And they are being idiots. The weird thing was, is that if you remember the end of season two, Tamara was the one who was, like, kind of a zealot. And Greg was the one who was in the background. And then when we got to here, Greg is now, like, this, like, zealot who believes in everything. And Tamara's kind of in the background, like, something doesn't add up here. Uh-huh. It's very strange how they just, like, flipped him for reasons. Now, granted, he did go a little nuts after he found out his dad was dead. So maybe he's just gone. And he had that terrible torture scene. It's going to get crazy or whatever he yeah. says. Yeah. So maybe he's just lost his mind, but it's odd. And then he like tries to stand up to the Lost Boys at some point. I mean, I really like when Tamara says the home office is just a bunch of teenagers. Uh, and maybe Greg was like, well, they're teenagers, so I'm going to be an adult. And he failed miserably. But there's the like, Lost Boys are so fucking creepy. There's also like 17 of them. Like, if it was just one of them, I could only have been like, all right, little kid, I'm Unless a grown that man. that person was Felix. Felix is really scary. I mean, I don't <laughs> care how scary a 16-year-old is. Much like Tom Cruise, I'm whooping his ass. It's going to happen. Listeners, Roger thinks that he can beat up Tom Cruise, and I just think that's really funny. Five foot seven, 180 pound, 61 year old Tom Cruise is going to catch these hands in the first round. 100%. Now, Ethan Hunt wins that fight. I give you. But much like this show, reality and fiction are separate okay. things. I hope that I can arrange this someday. I promise you, you can't. <laughs> Not without joining this church of Scientology. You just walk in, my goal. <laughs> Um, Tamara gets shot. Yeah, with an arrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I actually, I wrote down, um, I mean, these Lost Boys are very creepy. Obviously, we saw the shadow kill Greg, but a fucking teenager shot a person. Like, this is a dark season that we are preparing for here. These, one, Henry identifies them as Lost Boys, which I love, because he says it with dread. He's like, uh -huh. no, these are not just teenagers. These are Lost Boys. So he knows of the story of Peter Pan. And then when she, she actually, like, at the end decides that, like, Henry, this, you don't deserve this run, which is funny that she has, like, change of heart at the end, gets shot and presumably killed. You had talked about when they were going to execute Regina that dying via an arrow would be kind of cruel and unusual. Well, that's what Tamara's about to suffer through. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, we see when she encounters her later. She didn't die. She, I think it collapsed her lung and she was just laying there in agony. <laughs> you want to talk about Rumpel and Tamara real quick? Sure. Let me scroll up in my notes. I have that in a different section. Hmm. Um, oh, maybe I didn't write that down at all. Okay, yeah. Greg, let's do it. Tamar has the audacity to ask for forgiveness for murdering the Dark One's son. I can't. I, it just, that is so ridiculous. 
What was she thinking? First off, you murdered his son. The thing that he was basically spending an eternity trying to find. And you didn't actually need to murder him there. It was completely unnecessary. You could have just gotten away. They would have let you leave. Or you could have tried to outrun him. Instead, you shot him and dropped him through a portal. And you think the Dark One is going to show pity on you? She literally says, can you ever forgive me? No! She seems really lulled in by... Because he the, the very first thing he does is remove the arrow because he wants her to be able to speak to him. He specifically says, <laughs> I will make it so you can speak. Yeah, but she may have been hoping that it was otherwise, but completely ridiculous. Like, who would have thought that? I also really love when he pulls out her heart and... She's never seen that before. Mm -hmm. Greg did send her a video of Regina mm. doing that to Snow, but like it was far away. Like she didn't. This is very different than seeing your own heart. Own. Yeah. And that look on her face where she's like, "Oh my God, that's my heart," <laughs> and then he crushes it. Justified? Unjustified? I know you always hate when Rumpel actually like does what needs to be done. Oh, okay. I. I mean. I don't know that that needed to be done. I feel like it would have been more cruel to just uh, let her die in agony on the ground than to uh, to crush her heart, honestly. Uh, you don't... I don't disagree with you, but you said, I don't think that needed to be done, but it would have been less cruel than just leaving her to her fate. Well, if... I mean, I'm thinking as Rumpelstiltskin here, if he wants her to suffer, that seems like a... Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that seems like a better choice. Let's put the arrow back in. <laughs> You have spoken. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, okay, this is where I'm at with this. Obviously, I generally do not think killing someone is the right choice. I just care so little about Tamara that I don't know that I have feelings about this. Can you understand vengeance in this case? I can understand it. Can you understand I still that? I don't think it helps. But you can understand that this doesn't hurt him at all. He didn't seek this out. He didn't, like, spend time trying to hunt them. He came across her, gained the information that he needed. So he wasn't, um, you know, like before when he's, like, killed Hook, he didn't make sure he, or cut off his hand. He got all the information he got from Tamara. Like you said, you don't care about her. She's useless. He loses nothing here by killing her. Nothing. Nothing of value is lost. Except another little piece of his soul. The soul that probably is dead from realizing his son has been murdered. And, and I correct me if I'm wrong, don't we learn in this episode that he knows he's not going to survive this? That's true. What does he lose? Nothing. You're right. Is that what you wanted to hear? I really did. You don't. <laughs> you remember um, that scene uh, at the end when Regina and uh, Rumple after she changes and he, she's like, what? Do you just want to hear that you were right? And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were right, Roger. Appreciate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that right there, top five moment of our podcast. Oh, wow. Uh yeah, no, other than that, I, good way of killing them off. Good job of using them to set up the next villain. They were a massive disappointment I'm to me. I'm both glad that they killed them off, but also I just, I, I can't believe they, like, tried to set them up as, like, the big villains. I mean, I guess they didn't. Mm, they they kind of did. They were earlier in the season, but in the last episode, you kind of oh. see, like, their pawns of pan. Like, that was, like, the point. But been, the they were, like, setting up, uh, trying to destroy Storybrooke. Yeah. I mean, like, they basically killed Korra for them. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, I said this before, Cora should have been the villain of season two, and they got rid of them to put these two front and center, and then we just dusted them off in the first episode. We're done with them. Yeah. Well, and then we get to meet our true villain, but we don't know it's him at first. Did you know? So when I first watched it, because I actually remember this, 
I remember being like, oh, there's another kid. And then I thought about it. And I was like, am I really supposed to believe in Neverland? There's a random kid. It's like, something is off here. I thought he was working for Pan. I didn't mm -hmm. think he was Pan. So I was like, oh, this kid is definitely in on it. And then kind of as, now once they got to the, um, the pixie dust and they started flying and I went, you know what? This is probably what he needed Henry for. This might actually be Pan. I don't remember if I knew or not. Yeah. Uh, it, considering how much you, like the pirates are afraid of the oh, Lost yeah. Boys. Oh, yeah. Hook uh, is very afraid of them. Yeah, and Pan. Mm -hmm. um, specifically. He's afraid of the Lost Boys because they report to Pan. Yeah. Um, and to think that, like, someone is running away from them is not, mm -hmm. like, it's not unbelievable to think yeah. that someone wouldn't want to be part of this. But also, and he, the way he's behaving does seem like mm -hmm. he's trying to get away. Um, but I, Henry certainly wasn't suspicious. <laughs> though you made an excellent point, though, about, like, if your goal was to fly home... Why did you want us yeah, to land? Yeah, he should have figured that out. He kind of does pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we get the... Henry, truly the heart of the truest believer. They, like, get to the cliff, and he, like, pulls on the pixie dust. And he's like, we just have to believe. And then Boy, who is Pan, says, I definitely do not believe. And Henry says, that's okay, because I do. And then he just jumps off a cliff! You know a what's, leap of faith. You know what's funny about Henry? This boy jumped off of a cliff with the intent of trying to fly. And that's not even in the top five most insane things Henry has done. It's definitely not. But it does tie really well with what Rumpel was saying at the it beginning does. of the episode about, like, have you ever taken a true leap of faith? Emma has not, but mm -hmm. Henry does it all the time. All the time. I mean, the whole premise of the beginning of the show was him taking a leap of faith that all these characters were cursed from a different land. I mean, he fits. I mean, this makes sense. I also like that Henry's kind of back. He really didn't do much in season two. Like, for the That's most true. part, he was in the background, you know? And they had some really good comedy moments with him. He had a little bit of a feud with Emma. But, like, this seems like he's a big part of the show again. Mm -hmm. Which is weird, because I think both you and I didn't like him when we, like, first watched the show. Uh -uh, and then we watched annoying. it again. I thought he was an annoying little kid. And I was like, actually, he's he's actually more reasonable than the adults most of the time. Yep. Especially, I mean, he, he does... I, I think that they struggle throughout the entire series to find a consistent yeah. storyline for Henry, and sometimes he's really annoying, or sometimes he's just, like, not present. Yeah. Um, and the, it's easy to remember all the times that he's annoying. Like the dynamite. Yeah. Or I think, magic. That was just stupid, but it's honestly, what's funny is that, like, he does that one stupid thing. All of the characters, all of our ridiculous moments are just littered with stupid things that the yes, characters have done. So he's actually pretty consistent, and he's 10. Like, you can kind of forgive him. Yeah. Um... Um, Did they come out of the trees, by the way? The, the Lost Boys? Yeah. When they find them? Yeah, I think so. What the fuck? That is creepy. Like, he knocks on it. They're so creepy. And then they just kind of, like, emerge out of nowhere. Like, a almost like a zombie hive, the way they just, like, all swarmed on him. I was like, uh... It was scary. They're... This, I literally typed in all caps, this is how you build an enemy. This makes me wonder, like, they've killed someone, they're very creepy... The characters are terrified of them. Like this, this feels like somebody I want to see. I love Robbie Kay, the actor that they chose to yep. play Peter Pan. He's great. He's very sinister, mm -hmm. and he manages to be like calculating and cruel, but also like childish in some ways. Yes, yeah. um, like he has like the imagination of a child. Uh, I I like him so much that I really tried to watch the the Heroes reboot oh. because of him, and, yeah. and then I had to give up. <laughs> 
he, but he not because of him. He no, was great. <laughs> I, I would say you know, like we said, Barbara Hershey was cast very well as Cora. He's also probably one of the best cast villains that this series ever does. Yeah, I think that's I mean, true. He's really good. Um, and like you said, he's menacing, but he still has the innocence of a little boy while being menacing, which is actually more terrifying. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's good. He's he's my favorite villain. I think Regina was my fa- is okay, my favorite I villain. Mean, I have a hard time saying that because Regina, I I like redeemed Regina more than Regina as a villain, but Regina was a great villain. Oh, interesting. I much prefer um, evil Regina. There's there's one other villain that I think is top notch. I also think there's one more, but I think it's a different <laughs> villain from you. Um, I mean, there's there's other villains who I think are great, but they like find some sort of redemption path, and that's that's great too. Yeah. But there's one other like villain villain that is just fucking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they have no remorse. If I'm the one yeah. thinking, yeah. Agree. Do you have anything else with Pan and, and um, Henry? Nope, I don't. Uh, just I guess just the conversation. Henry is sure that his family is going to come find him because all evidence proves that that's the case. And not just one family. His father's coming too from another location. I don't think he was thinking of him though because he thinks he's dead. <coughs> yeah, he definitely thinks his father is dead. Well, also think about who his family is: Snow White, Prince Charming, the Savior, and Rumpelstiltskin. Yep. I mean, he says my family's different. We always find each other, and I'm sure every boy says that, but it's really true for Henry. Well, what's funny though, I bet all those lost boys thought that at one point. I'm sure they did. Yep. All right, I am done with that. Now we have our other like Jolly Roger. Hold on, we already talked about Rumple a little bit. Can we talk about the Rumple Felix confrontation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love, he's kind of just sitting there and Rumple realizes that Felix is watching him and kind of just says like, show yourself. And there's a funny little interaction where he's like, Rumple still skin. And Rumple's just like, what? And like, it's just, he says it in such, you know, normally he does it with a flare and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't have time for this bullshit. I mm. described it as dark one ennui. Like he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, I'm so sick of this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's the difference between like, I think him in the past, he was trying to like make a first impression where he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, just, it, it reminds me of how Neil, you know, he's like, and you chose all of this shit yep. instead of me. I, what I really like here, um, I mean, I love Enchanted Forest Rumpelstiltskin. I think he, like, the ham acting, like, it's all great. And I also really like Mr. Gold because he's, like, more reserved and, like, calculating. And I think here we kind of get, like, a mix of the two. Um, ridiculous clothing still. I, I mean, it's that ridiculous. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, it's, like, highly impractical. It has this, like, insane collar that must be so uncomfortable. It's literally made of a crocodile. Like, he literally dressed up like a crocodile. You remember when... um. Regina wore that dragon chain mail and you thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You think this is the coolest thing? Hell the fuck yes! <laughs> if I'm going into... And also, he talks about how, like, this is basically his last stand. I know I'm gonna die. You should be dressed in your best. It's true. And the man looks like he's dressed to go to war. He, I love how he basically made a three-piece suit <laughs> out of a crocodile. <laughs> also playing into being called the crocodile yes. by Hook. Uh, top costume. Top costume. I also really liked that... So, when Rumpel is menacing, people cower. Felix doesn't blink. Nope. I mean, he literally says, I know I'm going to die. It's the only question of how many I'm going to take with you. And Felix just kind of smirks. And he's like, okay, guess we'll see you again. It's like, you're a teenager and you're not terrified of the dark one? Um, which makes me... I mean, Felix is hella creepy. But also, <laughs> like, I think that he trusts in Pan's ability. Yeah. And 
Felix wins this conversation that he has with the Dark One. He, he does. Rumpelstiltskin fucking cry in this conversation. He does. He puts. <laughs> yeah, I said he drops a doll and sends Rumpel to his knees and puts him in tears. <laughs> Damn. And clearly, that was a. It was a message from Pan. Yeah, it was but, a shot across the bow. Yeah. But uh, Felix delivered it with no fear. <laughs> this um, is how you build a formidable enemy. Yeah, I mean this. This. This interaction was kind of the thing that fueled the whole my whole like oh I'm really excited about Pan like what the fuck is Rumpel's history with Pan what is this doll like did it belong to Balefire like what is it mm-hmm. um and just like Felix is so fucking sinister like I need to see more Peter Pan being sinister if you remember back when we talked about the pilot we gave it a lot of credit for like you had to set up a lot of shit that's kind of how I feel about this one. Mm-hmm. Like they had to basically undo all of the nonsense of two and set up a brand new villain, and I think they did a great job of doing it in one episode. Like, and not just setting up a villain, they're setting up a char- like a beloved childhood story that people just like love. Like yeah. Peter Pan ride at Disneyland, everyone's favorite ride, and then they've turned him into the scariest fucking villain we've seen. Is this the first inversion of the character? Because all the characters we've run into are basically their classic self. Snow White is good. Prince Charming is good. Um, Rumpelstiltskin is a trickster. Hook is the villain. I mean, like, he started... But, like, the evil queen is the evil queen. This is the first time, I, at least off the top of my head, where, like, the classic character is, like, the inverse of what we're used to. Jack um, and the Beanstalk, maybe, is the one I could think of. Yeah, I mean, but that's so small. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, obviously, we the characters are, like, Regina is more complex than yes. like, the evil queen. But when we are introduced to her, it's like, villain, villain. Yep. Um, the genie is the other one I could think of. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's something we're missing. Yeah. Of a big character, though, because he's the villain of the season, essentially... That's the only one that I can think of who, like, from the start, we flipped it on. It's, like, he's not what we expected. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Rumpelstiltskin stuff, but it's still kind of, like, in alignment. I mean, Rumpel is the beast, which the beast isn't evil. Yeah. He's just kind of mean. Which is <laughs> kind of exactly what Rumpel is. Um, but I'm sure that there are others. Hansel and Gretel are still Hansel and Gretel or Cinderella is still Cinderella. I mean, you you definitely won't agree with this, but I think the way that they've introduced Hook a little bit um, in, in relationship to Rumpel. But that's not how he's introduced. He's not introduced as a good guy to start. He's introduced as a villain. I think that many would argue that he is introduced as a victim. I think many would introduce that he's pretty and he's the <laughs> victim. Actually, I, I don't agree with that actually, statement, but it's more complex than like... I mean, he's not a man that's chasing after a little boy that can fly. <laughs> no, <laughs> we meet him. but like his introduction is him bullying Rumpel. Yeah, that's true. It's not, he's not actually introduced as, like he becomes the victim by the end of the episode, yeah. but he's the, he's a pirate who's yeah, bullying. So, I mean, he's still Hook. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. This is, I mean, this is cl- the most clear example of like, yeah. this, this is a, I mean, Peter Pan I wouldn't necessarily say hero. Oh, I would call Peter Pan a hero. I mean, I just, I don't know that, he doesn't, like, save anyone, really. I guess he's the hero to Hook's villain. Yeah. You're saying this as a person that has never seen the movie Peter Pan. I mean, I'm familiar with the Peter Pan lore. Like, I know of the movie Hook. Like, he is the protagonist. He may not be a savior. Have you seen Hook? I tried watching it recently, and it's, I just... It's really long. It's, it's like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, I love Robin Williams, but, like, I watch... Also great. 
Also, isn't I think the Professor McGonagall is in that movie too from Harry yeah. Potter? Yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, Harry Potter, and I was like, oh god. It's she's funny how old ago. they make her look too, because she wasn't. She was like not really. That I was old. like, that's <laughs> literally who she is in Harry Potter. They just like took that and was like, oh, well, this is who you are. Yeah. Um, I've actually seen part of the cartoon. Great music. Great, great music. music. To be fair, Hook always had good music, so I'm not surprised that Neverland has good music. Yeah. Um. Okay, do you have anything else on Rumple? I mean, oh. I'll talk about him when we get to, like, the Jolly Roger, essentially. But as far as Rumple and Felix, I'm good there. All the questions you ask are all the questions I have. Yeah. What does that doll mean? What is his relationship to Pan? Why is he so sure he's going to die? I mean, he's cheated death before, but he seems to know that, like, this is just my undoing. It's over. I'm just going to take you all with me. You want to jump to the Jolly Roger? Unless you have something else you want to talk about. I feel like we no. should end with the Jolly Roger. Sure. Um, I already talked about party makeup, and I 100% stand firm on that. This is just not good party makeup here. Um, who would you have sent instead? I would have sent four people, not six. Okay. I, just, I would remove two, keep them back to protect Storybrooke. I also think, so the, and they actually do this, I think Regina and Hook, their conversation is excellent. It's really good. The two of them having the conversation at one spot, and Emma and Rumple having a conversation at a different spot would be excellent. Because I think you have two people trying to save their sons or avenge their sons in Rumpel's case. He doesn't know his son's alive. And then you have Hook and Regina where Hook makes the great line of, we wasted our lives. Mm-hmm. So like, I think the four of them would actually be interesting. I don't think it's that interesting when you throw in Charming and Snow. Like, in many ways, Emma's conversation about like, you guys are infuriating and optimistic. I'm like, you're kind of infuriating on this ship. Like, get the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. Let the four of them do their thing because their story is the most interesting right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Regina and Hook's conversation, because she says, he said I'm a villain and that villains don't get happy endings. Do you believe that? And Hook says, I hope not, or we wasted our lives. She says, I was called a villain. Like, she, And I think she even mentions I've never heard that before. And I'm like, you literally, in a conversation with, I think, Snow, said, I was the queen. It was you who put evil in front of my name. Yeah. So I'm. that's not exactly what she said. What did she, she say? She said, he said I'm a villain and that villains don't get happy endings. Because she she does say to Snow later, like, you said I was the villain. Like, yeah. it kind of as you're saying, it's kind of ridiculous that Regina didn't see herself as a villain. She definitely saw herself as a victim. Sure. At this point where she has reached, like, in her story, she should recognize that she was the villain. Yeah. But I think that she's, I think she's now struggling with, like, because I was a villain, does yeah. that mean that I always am? Like, do I not get a happy ending? And a hook is kind of in the same place, too. Because um, he doesn't say, we've wasted our lives. He then says, we've or wasted, we've wasted yeah. our lives. Like, because he, he's he's hoping that there can be more here. And I wish we got more time with Hook before we dive in to Hook and Emma. Because... I think the thing that I found most interesting at the end of last season, because she doesn't, like, offer him, like, love or something. Mm -hmm. She she says, do you want to be part of something? Like, do you not want to be alone? And that's why he came. He didn't want to be alone. He was tired of being alone. Um, And he's building relationships with people. He's letting go of his revenge with Rumpelstiltskin. And I, like, I need more, like, internality from Hook here. Yeah, I mean, more exposition, really, on who Hook is would Mm -hmm. be great here. I also think they just messed up the pairing. Hook and Emma are not interesting Mm -hmm. to me. Hook and Regina, as two people trying to find their way, are interesting. I don't know. I do love that line. Um, (laughs) I do fancy you when you're not yelling at me. I do. I I, I quite fancy you from time to time when you're not yelling at me. (laughs) Yeah. I actually think in the Hook-Emma thing, it's not Hook who's the problem. Mm, Okay. 
Emma just kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Emma, she's... I take back everything that I said about her, excepting that she is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because at the last one, we were like, oh, no, I think she's embraced to the savior. Uh, Immediately she, thrown away. In this episode, she very much embraces her role as the leader of this weird ragtag group of people. I wouldn't call embraces. I would say weirdly believe, places herself in charge for no good reason. Except that it works. Just because something works doesn't mean it was a good idea. She jumped into the ocean. Who do you think the leader should be? Literally anyone not named Snow <laughs> besides Charming? Well, okay. Hook has experience here. Regina is the queen and actually can't, like, I would, I would choose any of those three. But that was also her argument. Like, not like, I'm going to tell us exactly what to do, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm organizing us so that we can all use the skills that we have to get us where we need to be. Yeah, like, if she was intending it for to be like, hey, we're going to do this together as a group, I would have accepted that. That's what, it's, what, her was. what it sounds like is we're going to do it under my command. Mm. I, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get several times where she, someone says that they want to do something, and she's like, "That is not what I would do." But that, you, this is your area of expertise. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> yeah, like it does seem like she is placing herself in charge, which, as we've seen, she sucks in the Enchanted Forest. Like, has no idea what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. Um, and she throws some real barbs at her parents even before the mermaid cast the yeah, that, the, the spell. This was very Regina of her. Yeah. It was unnecessary. I mean, she's getting really dark with the, like, I've lo when she says, how can you two be so infuriatingly optimistic? And Charming says, it's who we are. And she says, why? She just... It's a valid point. I mean, she's, she's like, gone to a very dark place. And I guess... But why is she mad at them? I, yeah, I know. She says it's their fault. I, I, that is the... So, like... Regina's transference was like, okay, it was hard to hate your mother, and so, like, I'm blaming you for the death of Daniel. What the hell did they do? Uh, I don't think this is justification for her behavior, but she was right about Tamara, and no one would fucking listen to her. And that she might be really, she might be, like, latching on to that, because mm. that is directly how she lost Neil. Yeah. Um, although she clearly has some optimism here, otherwise she wouldn't be trying to save Henry. <laughs> well, she knows Henry isn't dead. Right. Um, yeah, maybe it's the Tamara thing where everyone, though she was, she's been wrong so many times yeah, yeah. that it's not unreasonable. And she has to know, like, you thought Regina was also the murderer. You were convinced that she was the one who did it. And then turns out you were just dead wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she like just goes at them. Like she says, this is all your fault. It's like, no, there are a lot of people whose fault this is. I don't see how you blame those two. Like they were cursed when you broke the curse. Like that, that's Regina's fault at best. Uh, they didn't kidnap him, and it, the whole thing is odd. I guess the other the other thing that they did was put her in a box and ship her to Maine. That too. <laughs> um, I, I mean, all of these. I all, I do not agree with Emma here, but yeah. I, I can I can see how she would get here. It was their idea to save Regina because they all would have gotten away with the bean if they hadn't gone back to save Regina, and Emma agreed. She agreed with them, and she even agreed with them so much that she convinced Hook that it was the right thing to do. Okay. Um, but but she's she's like, you, this was your idea. We would have been safe and gone with Henry. But then she has the whole thing about, like, I should have just kidnapped Henry and Storybrooke in the beginning and gone away. Like, that's, that's not just rejecting... That's rejecting her, like, that she broke the curse. Like, that's just, like, leaving all of these people. Like, she never I should have left you to your in fate. That, in that, yeah. in that um, instance, so... Yeah, she's 
spinning and it's not good. Part of me thinks, and I've said this before, I know that she holds a lot of resentment for what happened essentially. And it sounds like this is that coming out. So like what they're fighting about isn't really this. It's like when she says this is your fault, like I should have never been put in a box because you did this. And now she's just pissed off at them whenever something bad happens. Because I'm like, that. now she makes a lot of valid points. Like Snow and Charming try to do the parenting thing. It's like, well, we're the same fucking age. You don't get to use the argument that I know better. We We have the same wisdom. Literally. And so what's interesting though is that like, they don't really have the same, like while they may be the same age, Snow and Charming have lived longer. They just lived 28 years at the same age. That's true. So they're not, they're the same age, but with less amendment. They didn't learn as much sure because they were living the same day over and over again but they do have a lifetime of or i don't know about a lifetime they have 28 years worth of experience back in the enchanted forest plus the year that emma moved time forward yeah plus plus the mem the fake curse memories that they have which are a certain amount of wisdom even though they didn't live it there's something Yeah. yeah yeah um but i well i i do think that it's important to think about that conversation in terms of where she gets to in the end, yeah. though. Yeah. Because she realizes, yes, you do have wisdom that is different than my wisdom. And if we all work together, yeah. we're going to find Henry. And she's also the one that realizes, like, they're all fighting. And she realizes, like, she was the one that was fighting before the curse even happened. And then she realizes that it's them, like, working against each other that is causing this storm to happen. Great set piece, by the way, with the, you mentioned it, the effects of the, that wave. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, there's a big arm one where she's holding the thing, like, pulling uh-huh. in like, but yeah, that whole, that's one of the more visually fantastic pieces. Let, you want to talk about the, there's, like, three different fights that they go through. Yeah, well, actually, before we even get into that, Rumpel has a top five moment for me in the entire series. They're, like, I don't know what, they're, so they're kind of getting into a little argument, and Emma's going off on them, and then Rumpel after his costume change, which I love, Hook's like, really? Is that a good use of our time? <laughs> which is great. It's a great line. And Rumple basically dresses her down. Nothing he says is wrong. Nope. Everything he says is, she, you haven't, like, even though you've seen magic and you know that you're the savior and you may have done some things, it's because someone pointed you in the right direction. You don't actually. Or you saw it. Or you, you have to believe it. You didn't it. believe in magic until you saw you it. You had to see it 100% before you were willing to trust it. And we're going to a place where imagination rules. You, you're useless to me, like, all of you. And quite frankly, he's not really wrong. Like, what's about to happen, he can see coming. I wonder, did he see that fight coming and decide to get the hell out of there before the boat Maybe. was going, you know, to go crazy? And then he just, like, sits there, looks him down. She comes back with a couple things, and he slaps her down every single time. Then he just spins his cane, and he nopes the fuck out. I loved that so much. He disappeared without a poof, which is maybe one of the first times we've ever seen that. Um, and it was almost like sleight of hand magic. Yeah. Like, he, he got them looking at the cane, and then he was gone. I also think it's important to note that, like, because he's got magic here, he doesn't need his cane. That's uh-huh. why he was able to just, because yeah. he can walk around and That's be fine. Um, but I also like that he basically is saying that, like, you guys do not know what you're doing, and I, I will get the job done because you five cannot. Uh-huh. And then that leads directly into, basically, the events that we run into. And he's right. I mean, they're... I, I think Snow and Regina fighting, while it's interesting, it makes them both look idiots. Like, idiots to me. Yeah. Like, there are bigger... Like, I get you guys beefing in Storybook about your entire history. You're on a boat in the middle of nowhere trying to save your grandson and son, and you two are squab... Like, you look like cackling hens right now. It was unclear to me if it was just their natural fighting was causing the storm, or if the spell or whatever the mermaid used, like, actually caused them... 
Because, oh, like, think, like, like, if you think about yeah. in a later season where we get the, the shattered mm-hmm. site, like, if it was like that, which makes more sense that they would be arguing about things that they'd, like, buried. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're already starting to fight before that happens. That's true. Though. So I think, I think she saw them fighting and then probably did something mm-hmm. that helped amplify yeah. it. Um, but w- what they're fighting over is kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, oh. Snow and Regina... Um, Snow says, you ruined my life. And then Regina says, I, I ruined your life? life? Great line. <laughs> um, we're going to argue about this. This this is the reason I didn't really want Charming and Snow there. Though, I actually kind of like Charming here. So there's a point where the mer- mermaid is, t- top five lines about to happen on the thing. And he's like, I've had enough of this. A, he says, I will not be capsized by fish, which is a fantastic <laughs> line. Like, he's just so disgusted at the idea that these fucking mermaids are going to take him down. He's like, hell the fuck no. And he just starts shooting bombs. And then they capture one. And then he's like, you know what? If you're not going to talk, I'll make you talk. And he puts the sword to her throat. And then Regina, in just such excellent fashion, leans in with that classic evil queen smile. We've said it many a time. Filet the bitch is maybe my favorite line of the entire series. Because they're both willing to be like, we're going to do what needs to be done. And then Charming, being the weak, pathetic husband that he is at times, gets a look from his wife and is like, we're not killers. We're not barbarians, I think is what he says. Yeah, I'm just he like, says we're not barbarians. God damn it, Charming. This is why I said either don't have her come, be a grown man, do what needs to be done. Okay, so I actually have a problem with this whole situation. Yeah. Was the idea that they were trying to get the mermaid to tell them about where Pan is? Well, no, they were trying to get the mermaid to tell them what is happening. How do we stop this so the, they were okay, trying to figure so, out the storm. Okay. Yeah. Back up. Yeah. Why did they pull the mermaid up in the net in the first place? Regina's, Regina got all the mermaids to go away. If they had just... I, I, I'm not saying, like, once she, like, yeah. called the storm that they should just let her go. But if they had just let her go when they, like, got scared away all the other mermaid, mermaids, she probably just would have left. I think they were angry. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I think this was anger. Like, it was just, we're sick and tired of it. And they probably were, like, trying to get, like... They do say something like, tell us what you know. Yeah. They do say something about that. Because let her go was the right option before she called the storm. I mean, I, mm, it, but, well, even if they came, because they had this whole, like, what if they come back? And it's like, well, you deal with you, it again. You just did it. Yeah. You just did it. <laughs> also, I loved, I, I bitched about this all in season two. I hated Regina just standing by doing nothing. And she kind of does that to start. And then she's like, enough of this. And then just sends fireballs everywhere and gets them go flying. I was like, ah, the Regina who does things is back. Speaking of guns and cannons, yeah. apparently Charming knows how to use a cannon. <laughs> not, not just knows how to use one. He, like, knew what to put in there. Like, because he didn't just use a cannonball. Yeah. He used a chain shot. Yeah. <laughs> so remember when I said to start, I'm willing to bring Charming because Charming the Avenger can do anything. Like, I even said when he goes to jump in, and they're like, you'll drown. I was like, no, he won't. I don't know how. He ain't gonna drown. <laughs> Captain America don't drown. Batman does not drown. Like, he can do it. I don't know how he can do it. How does he even know how to use a gun in Storybrooke? He's never been trained. I don't know. But he does. We just acknowledge that, like, his superpower is that he can do everything. He's, he's the male version of a Mary Sue. He just inexplicably can do literally anything. Yeah. I mean, Snow has useful things, too, but I think you're right. Fewer characters would have been better, but I think we would have just gotten more storylines and that wouldn't have been as good. Also, Snow is just in the way and being annoying. No. Like, this entire episode, her characterization is annoying nag. 
Like, yeah. all she is right now. Um, she is... The fight that she gets into with Regina is hilarious, because she actually punches her. But we never would have gotten... And what? You'll win her over with your rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers if Snow wasn't here. Great line. <laughs> Great. Regina slapped down so... But she's not wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the other problem, is that, like, Snow's positive outlook... And, and, and also, if we're being honest... There's no way I would take someone who is struggling with what she is struggling with yeah. with the heart of darkness right now on an adventure to fucking Neverland. Like yeah. that's just this is this is just dumb. Um and Emma doesn't for someone that was already arguing before this even started, she doesn't participate in any of these arguments. Well, all she was doing was yelling at Snow and Charming. Right. That she, was before the She has nothing story. else to argue about. Yeah. She's already slapped them down. She's actually not mad at Regina here. Nope. She just kind of was watching. I'm not sure how I feel about her plan to jump off the ship. I mean, it probably would have been fine if she hadn't gotten hit in the head with that thing. But it was a stupid idea, no matter what. It, it worked, I guess. It's not, like... Because they instantly start working together to pull her out of the water. Like, Hook Hook has concern about Charming going in, even though he probably would have been fine. And then they, like, pull the rope together. I think one of the things, like, there's the fallacy of... Well, something worked, so it was a good idea. If I emptied my entire life savings to say I'm going to play the Powerball, it was a dumb idea. Even if I happened to hit that one in a lightning chance of hitting, it was still fucking stupid. It just worked. And in this case, yeah, Emma did need to do something jarring to get their attention. I don't know that jumping into the water was no, the she call could have, like, here. like, shot a cannon into the air or, like, something. Well, maybe not that. Last time she did that, that did not go so well. So maybe we have, but like honestly, couldn't she have just dressed them down? Like they're not listening, or they go hear her. Then go get involved. Yeah. Like honestly, Snow and Regina, the perfect situation is you have Emma step in front when one of them takes a punch, and then Snow has accidentally hit her daughter. Yeah. Show her that this is what your rage has cost you. You've punched your daughter. Yeah, well, that's a good that would have stopped her. I guarantee that would have. Did love that Emma's first words when she woke up were, "I told, told you, you so." so. <laughs> um. Speaking of, hey, woman who is not breathing just came out of the ocean. You're going to sit there and look at her? No one gives her CPR. Like, nothing. Maybe your daughter needs some CPR here. She's not breathing. I don't know. Um, the other thing about the fight. Well, I, I think Snow and Regina's fight was good because they have history. Charming and Hook's fight made them both, especially Charming, look like complete morons. Yeah. Don't I call mean, my wife a slag is not a justified. No. Come on. And I know that they have some, like, fighting history, but it was always, like pointed when yeah. they did it before and now they're just throwing punches like men with too much testosterone like i said the other two were just being stupid hens they're just being dumb barmen yeah. like why are you like oh bar fight we just gotta fight it's like come on this yeah i was stupid calling my wife a that's, slag is not a that's reason. why i think that there was a bit more to what the mermaid did yeah i think i don't know why it didn't affect emma but well emma doesn't have the built-in anger yeah. towards each other but that's also why like i didn't want all these characters here like i yeah. think just the four would have been better because you you get you get another situation i've said this before about charming where like it was really funny when he didn't know that rumple could be a granddad and we, it was kind of played for laughs uh -huh. but i don't like the trope of dumb dad yeah. all, and this is him being a dumb husband like yeah. you insulted my wife's honor like okay he hit on her in front of you also snow can take care of herself well, she's in the middle of a fight with the evil queen. She probably can't take care of herself right now. I also like that Regina... I mean, if they're truly that mad, Regina isn't, like, using magic at all. She's just, like, pulling hair. Well, Regina's <laughs> not trying to hurt her. This is, like, when someone who'd, like... There's something to a fight where it's, like, yeah, I'm sick of your shit, but I don't really, like... I actually have wronged you, so I'll just punch back. Like, mm -hmm. she knows she could have just poofed... Mm -hmm. She could have poofed her into the ocean. Like... That's true. Um... 
Yeah. Um, we also get that interesting piece of information that because they say Regina like pulls Snow pull Emma oh. out of the water, and Regina says, "I can't, I can't see her." Yeah, no, that's an important piece because I've always wondered why they hesitate on using it so much. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "I just pull up like a leg," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, I also like Regina at one point calls Snow something to do with like a princess, you know, but like she's just kind of mocking the fact that like, cool, you're Snow White, but like you've been born and everything's been given to you. Like, I don't want to hear your struggle. And I think that's why um, Snow even says, I'm sick of you ruining my life, which is funny because she does always blame Regina, but a lot of her choices have ruined her own life. Like she, she's doing a Regina thing where she's much like Emma blaming other people for her own problems, which I think is probably maybe what the mermaid had helped amplify. I mean... In a very Regina fashion, she's doing the, like, I wouldn't have had to make those other bad choices yeah. if you hadn't started this. 100%. Um, yeah, had you not killed Daniel, none of this would have happened, is what her, you know, thought process is. Before, before, before that happens, we do get some very serious Emma Arms situation. The pull-ups? The pull-ups. A lot of pull-ups. A lot of pull-ups. I didn't love this scene um mostly because it's very clear where they're going with the setup and i just thought i think it was interesting for it was a good hook scene talking about how much neil meant to him him being sentimental though i even said it like i didn't think you were sentimental really you didn't think the man who spent a lifetime hunting revenge for the woman that he loved is not sentimental okay agree i mean almost all pirates are sentimental they like keep all kinds of shit from like people that they've killed or attacked or like booty that they doesn't he like keep a thing yeah and he has like all kinds of rings like he has it's he's sentimental but i think the point is there that emma didn't realize that like she's never taken the time to get to know him before um so she's learning something about him and something else that i like about their conversation he calls hook calls him balefire like when he gives Mm -hmm. her the sword and she said he was always kneeled to me which is, I, I think, further into that, like, I don't want to deal with all this other shit. I just want to, like, live with Henry in the real world. Like, she's kind of denying, it's her denying. Rejecting the, being the savior? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't, I think they would have been much more interesting in a different world, in a different universe, where they're not trying to pair them together. Um, because Hook, Hook is a character who is trying to be redeemed, like, now that he's let go of his dumbass revenge on Rumple. He's a little bit more interesting. He's also still got that like funny quirk to him, you know. Mm-hmm. He's but he's not he's not as much of a lech, which is unfortunate because that is one of his more funny like traits. Um, but he's also got some depth to him. Like there is something there. It's just it's going to get drowned out by dumb soapy crap. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite lines at the end when Emma's kind of giving her "We need to work together" speech. <laughs> Somebody I, I don't know who says we need to do this the right way. Charming. Okay. And she says, no, we don't. We just need to succeed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because they're talking about how they don't... Essentially, Charming is saying, I don't want to follow Hook and Regina. I don't want to trust the dance. Well, something I love, the look that Regina and Hook share as their fault. They both look a little impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because, like, she looks at him, he's just like... Yeah, that, that's, that seems right. You should follow. <laughs> I also, I think Regina's point was more valid than they gave it credit for. She's like, okay, Savior, like, we've got a pirate who knows Neverland. We've got the Avenger. We've got Snow White the Tracker. And we've got me, the evil queen with magic. What do you add to the table? Mm-hmm. And then we get probably the worst line of the entire series. <laughs> I'm a mother. <laughs> Regina turned a mermaid to wood. 
And that wasn't even the most wooden thing of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It was I, poorly delivered. I don't... This It reminds me of that, if I pick Dead Guy of the Year, I'd pick you. <laughs> Flat. But if Regina had delivered that line, it would have been convincing. Yeah. If Snow would have delivered that line, it would have been convincing. Just true. flat and boring. Do you have anything else? Um, oh, I did want to bring up one thing. When Regina did the mermaid thing, I thought initially, like going into this, that it was Regina who caused the storm by turning the fish into the wood. No, she called it with the shell. No, I'm saying like the, like the fight. Like I thought it was, they were, I thought initially, like before I had watched it, that they were saying Regina did this thing and she caused all these problems, but it wasn't Regina who actually caused the problem. It was the group all not getting along that caused their uh-huh. problem, which was nice because usually it's always positioned oh, as uh-huh. Regina did something bad and we have to fix it. And that's yeah. kind of what they were acting like. Like you did this and then it turns out, no, she didn't do this. This was already a yeah. problem. And I think that was a good piece to be like, you can't just play the Eagle Queen this time. Like it's not her fault. Right. You guys are all the problem. Well, and I think that they were trying to... To say, like, well, now we can't get her to stop it because you killed her. But that's not true. I mean, I don't think she would have stopped it. Snow was definitely blaming Regina for yeah, this. Of like, yeah, no, it was 100%. And they were trying to characterize as, like, Regina messed up again. Okay. What's your favorite moment? I have three. I have two. Okay. Once you go first, we can go back and forth. Okay. Um, I don't know how to explain what a movie is. <laughs> basically, yep. basically yep. everything that Neil says in yep. this episode. Neil's okay. dialogue is a top five. No, I, the the fact that he anticipates it, knowing that, like, I just I don't know how to explain a movie to you, and she's just like, okay. <laughs> um, my runner-up favorite moment is Rumple's speech when he kind of just realizes that, like, I can't get this done with you people. And does what every man who's ever been in an argument, he just wants to... Like, remember the Southwest commercials? Like, want to get away? <laughs> Rumpel's like, yeah, yeah, I do. See ya. Bye. That's a good one. Um, I have... That's a great use of our time. A wardrobe change. That was my, like, runner-up. And I was like, I bet you're going to have that on there. Yeah. Wardrobe change into a badass costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good uh, time. Top five line in the series. Filet the bitch. Filet the yeah, bitch. I have that one too. So good. So good. Just and the way that she delivers it with the smirk and the smile and the menace, and you believe at that point when like Charming and Regina working together is actually really cool to me. Yeah, oh agreed. But also I kinda like that like Snow's look of like, do you see that you're on the side of the evil queen right uh-huh. now? It was definitely a look of like, look at who sides with you, and then Charming's like, fine. I kinda want Dark Charming though. Like mm-hmm. it would have been a little bit of fun to see Charming cross that line. Because I don't know if, if he would have killed her or not. I don't know. Uh, most ridiculous moment? Oh, did you hit all three of yours? Yeah. Okay. My last one was filet the I have two ridiculous so moments. Do I. Uh, there's a woman who was drowning. How about we do some CPR? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. I like that. Um, my first one, which I shouldn't really be surprised about this, but Charming just knows how to use a cannon. <laughs> I don't even think that's ridiculous. That's just. That's a move, like, just par for the course. That's just his skill tree. Like, he can just do... He just unlocked is good at everything. Mm-hmm. What's your second one? I'm a mother. Oh, I can't believe you don't have the one I have. It, the whole speech. Just the idea oh, I mean, of, I agree. It's yeah, bad. That was the one that oh, was... I don't think the whole speech is bad. I just thought that line was wooden. I thought the speech was ridiculous in the sense of you positioning yourself as the leader was ridiculous to me. And then when Regina says, well, what do you bring to the table? And then her, like, big... Flair is, I'm a mother. Yeah, like, no, first off, bad. it was absurd to be saying that to another mother. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, so is Regina. And she's got magic. Yeah. Um, well, my most ridiculous line 
Earth line moment is Tamara thinking that Rumpel would forgive her. <laughs> I almost put that. And, like, runner-up, just that, I mean, I appreciate that the show did this, but that the show's like, we realize these villains suck. Yeah. They're just they're just dead now. Don't, oh. don't even worry about it. <laughs> As I said, an apology for what happened last year. Here's Rumpel killing Tamara within the first five minutes of the episode. Um... Who's your loser? I only have one. I had kind of a hard time with both winners and losers. Got two losers, two winners. Okay. My runner-up loser is Henry. Okay. Um, Because Pan tricked him so expertly. Yeah, Henry is also my loser for the same reason. Yeah. And he's so sure that his family is going to save him. And he just, he really believes. And then he's like, oh, fuck. It's also the first (laughs) time that his belief has cost him. Because normally his belief is what drives him to solve things. Whereas now he's actually shown Pan that he's exactly what he needs. So just backfired on him. The clear loser for me, this one is Snow White. Mm. Snow White to me is is in a bad spot still. They, They have not addressed, I don't know if we're ever coming back to it, the heart thing. And then she's just, this whole episode, I told you, her power is just being an annoying nag. Like, it's not, she's not good right now. Not good in the sense of, like, she's not interesting. The other characters are better. If I could snap her out of this and go back to Storybrooke, I think the show flows better. I don't know if you've ever chosen a character as a loser simply because they were poorly written into the episode. No, it's not, I've chosen Regina when they, that's true, yeah, that's true. her season arc as a that's loser. True. Winner, I have one and a half. I have two. Okay. My second place is Neil. Oh! Oh, I almost chose Neil because he's not dead, but I think that I chose him in the last episode. You chose him at the end for not being dead? <laughs> so, I, so I didn't write that down. <laughs> I put this one as not being dead for okay. one. Like, I feel like not dying is a big one. I also think um, being able to go back or go to the castle for the first time, yeah. showing that he could use magic, knowing he admits that he loves um, Emma, because I don't know that we got that when, before he dropped through the portal. He He's... Oh, she says She it. says it, but I don't know that he said it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So I think this is his acknowledgement. And then he's able to use magic. He finds out that they're in Neverland. He gets to see his father's castle. They're yeah. looted. So I think that was like a big, you know, yeah. good job, Neil. Also, not being dead. Um, What's the half? Rumpel? I had a really hard time with mm. this. Because... I mean, Felix brought him to his knees and he was crying like a baby. So, like, really hard to choose him as a winner here. But he, awesome costume change. He's like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm going to take care of this. I know what to do. He, like, goes into the woods to, like, take care of things on his own. Um, He has a plan. He is fully committed to saving his grandson, Mm -hmm. even though that grandson might be his undoing. Like, he doesn't, he's, he's committing to it. But the half, I just, I don't know, on your knees crying. That's just not, that's not good. <laughs> I never like it when you put me in a position to argue against Rumpel. I have him in the middle. Like, I think there was a lot of good that he did. Like, nope and the fuck out was awesome. The costume yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> Killing Tamara. Oh, yeah. Great. A, he knows that he's going to die, which I don't know that that's in, like, the good category. Being brought to your knees and no, crying. I, I agree. It says Rumpel question. Yeah, so, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I would probably put him as like, not a winner, not a loser, just, you did some stuff, but you're in an odd spot right now. Also, if he knew that Neil was still alive, I would immediately have him in the winning uh category. But thinking that his son is dead, which is kind of his life's work, is a problem. I... I agree that that's, like, sad, yeah. but I actually think it makes it more powerful that he's still willing to save Henry, even though his son will never know. Yeah, but I... I I don't disagree that it's more powerful. I think it's more so that's why he's more willing to embrace that he's going to die. Mm. 
I think it's the fact that like I did all of this to get my son back and then I lost him. Because he even says at the end of when he thinks Durbrook's going to die, like, this was my fault. I'm prepared to pay that price. Yeah. So he's still in a weird spot where he's kind of like, he's got a death wish. But the clear winner of this episode is Peter Pan. Oh. Clear winner to me. He got yeah. he got the thing he he's... And not only tricked him, he found out that he is, in fact, huh? the heart of the truest believer, which is, we don't know why he needs it. That didn't it. even occur to me for some reason. Well, interesting. Like, I, I mean, I yeah. don't disagree. It just didn't occur to me. I had a really hard time picking winners. I actually literally was like going, I was like, who did we see in this episode? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like yeah. Forgot about the villain, huh? <laughs> I even thought about Felix because of that, like, badass scary scene with Rumble. I, I thought about I Felix, but it was a message for Pan. For Pan. Yeah. Interesting. Who'd you go with then? Emma. <laughs> Roger's leaving. Oh, come on! She organized everyone into to use their skills and she got them to stop fighting. And she did several pull-ups. <laughs> you don't have any response to this? Oh, I have a response to this. Um I think So you know what's funny? You hate clutch when it comes to sports. Often when we do winner. Clutch. You, clutch. So, like, you scored the touchdown at the end of the game. Oh, uh-huh. And you find that very annoying. It's I like, do. why do you get so much credit for that? You gave Regina a ton of credit for the sacrifice at the end because she came up clutch. She really didn't do anything good before then. Was a- it was a big thing, but it was at the end of the season. It was a clutch yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're giving Emma the win here because at the end, she did get it right. She does it twice. She stops the storm and she organizes At the end of this, I put those kind of like, they're all one moment for me because at the okay. end she organizes it but she does a lot of bad here yeah i mean she says shit to her parents that is like really bad not if, like if she had said the real things to her parents i'd be okay like you abandoned me and i understand you had to do it but you still abandoned me but instead she like throws them under the bus and like this is all your fault that's absurd she also has the worst line i think i heard in the series <laughs> not good she also makes a decision that makes Henry seem sane when she jumps into the water to stop them. I mean, just there was too much dumb from her in this episode. She does figure it out in the end. Um, it's also kind of funny that she tries to steer the boat with no experience on how to um, pirate or captain a ship. Oh! She would I, have no knowledge of that. Well, I mean, in, when you're in a storm, yeah. the boat will list, like, really bad yeah. in the direction of the wind. And she was helping Hook before because it was so strong yeah. and she couldn't handle it. So I think she was just trying to keep the boat from like spinning, spinning around. Circles. Yeah, but it's just like you know she's. I don't think she was trying to navigate or anything. Like it's a badass scene because she's like again showing the arms, but you're kind of like you are wholly unqualified for this. Um, yeah, I just I, where her character is is like okay at the end. It's a clutch. It's like a clutch victory in my opinion. I just I can't award. I just can't see a victory for someone who delivered a line that poorly. Like it was. <laughs> That whole speech was just not good to me. And admittedly, yeah. you forgot about Peter Pan. I did. Um, but I think, like, Pan had a plan, got it no, done. I, I don't, I don't yeah. think you're wrong. I also, I, I, we'll talk about Emma throughout this season, but I don't know that I like where they've put her character right now. And part of that is just what they did with her in season two. But too much of it has been, like, where did the hell did this anger from her parents come from? She wasn't as angry at them before. So it's just, like, a random jump from, like, we're all good, I love, let's live together, to I hate you. Yeah. Like, build it. And... she. Th- I mean, she doesn't handle grief very well. Sure. 
and it's it, it's it's kind of like Regina actually. Yeah. It, it when something bad happens, it makes her think of all of the terrible things that have ever happened to her. Yeah. And it's easier to focus on being angry than being sad. But it would make more sense to be mad at Regina at this point. Then. Sure. Like it's just odd that she goes at her yeah. parents like this. Um, and yeah, I just from a going outside of the show, the way that Jennifer Morrison has just been acting this character so far is not interesting to me. Like this is bad. Will you? credit a we should have listened to Emma in this episode. Should have listened. When? When she was trying to get them to stop fighting. Oh yeah. Hundred okay. percent. No, she was right. Because she she also didn't make the mistake of participating in the fighting. She's actually the bystander while everyone else is being ridiculous. Um I will also give you a second. You were right, Roger. Um, it's my birthday. I almost cried in this episode when Rumpelstiltskin was crying, and I don't even know why he was crying. It was so convincing. Going back to the uh, Rumpelcantaloupe <laughs> yes. conversation? Because usually, like, a person crying for no reason yeah. is not... I mean, not that I'm saying he was crying for no reason, but, but I don't, don't know, know what the reason is. So but <laughs> it I, was hard for me to, to feel something, and he made me feel something. It was the fact that it was so, he was so immediately brought to tears yeah. that you know that had to have meant something. In front of a teenage boy. <laughs> we've seen some, like, we've seen zombie Maleficent, and I think those teenage boys terrify me more than anything I've, we've seen zombies, and I'd much rather fight that dumb zombie army than the Lost Boys. Rumpel does not like this little boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it for this week. Uh, what are you looking forward to next week? Next week's episode is Lost Girl. I truly think everything they've set up so far has me intrigued, which is rare. Usually there's something that I'm like, I don't really care about this. Probably the only thing I'd say I don't care about, oddly enough, is Regina and the Idiots. I, I, I don't love their dynamic. Oh, I do? Yeah, I know you do. I, I, I think Regina, Hook, Rumple, and Emma would have been a very fun dynamic. I would have loved to see those four. I don't love Charming and Snow here. I also think that, like, I kind of want to see Charming and Snow fixing their own issues. Because they have some real stuff they need to work on. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I good job of setting, much like I said in the pilot, they've done a good job of setting everything up for the season. So let's, please hope it delivers. Yeah, my main questions are, how do Rumple and Pan know each other? What's the fuck, what the fuck's up with that doll? And yep. is Neil going to figure out how to get to them? Also, the other thing that I'll say is that when we initially watched... I was a little worried that maybe season one wasn't going to be as good as I remember it. And then it lived up to the expectations. And then I was like, oh, season two must be great. No. And then it sucked. So I was legitimately worried that, like, maybe three isn't as good as I remember. And I was like, never mind. It, I, I believe that season three of the show is very polarizing. There are a lot of people that think that it is the best. Season three, three is, like, the best season of the show. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that think it's terrible. And really? I'm not sure why. Um, I am in your camp. I think it's great. Is that the same group of people who just hate David? Maybe. I don't understand those people. Although you made a pretty convincing case for uh, Charming being annoying here. Or unnecessary. He's unnecessary. But also, like, the it's the, like, you called my wife a slag and now we have to fight. Like, come on, man. I love that word. What does it mean? I think it kind of means slut. But I don't know. We have we have the power of the internet at our at our fingertips, Roger. Yeah. I feel like that's not a word he would call um Oh, okay. Well, literally, I knew this. Mm -hmm. Slag means the waste matter separated from metals during smelting or refining. So like if you smelt copper out of a like piece of ore, mm -hmm. the extra shit is called slag. Oh. So Okay. 
So maybe uh, slag is an accurate description of how you describe snow in this episode. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, never mind. You were correct. Um, That's a slut. There's a British slang, which I believe we know Killian is British, uh, a lewd or promiscuous woman. Yes. Which is not appropriate to call snow or, I mean, maybe Regina? Is Killian British? <laughs> is there is there Britain in the Enchanted Forest? I believe we know that. I think we do know this. Yeah. Well. He's from the Enchanted Forest. He's He, he just has an accent. I mean, the actor is Irish. I will say this. We know, a little bit of spoiler, that at one point before he was a pirate, he worked in the King's Navy. Yep. In the Enchanted Forest. The greatest navy of all time is the British Navy. <laughs> I'm simply going to credit them he's right, British here. Fair, so fair, fair. that's where I'm going with this. Well, please be sure to join us next time when we watch Season 3, Episode 2, Lost Girl. We'll see you next time.